This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hey guys, welcome back to Breaking Banks Europe. My name is Matteo Rizzi. I am the executive producer of the show, and today is a, an episode that I cherish a lot for two reasons. Why? One, because we are talking about a super hot topic, and second, because I'm doing it with a great friend of mine that I know for many years, and he is like a for me is the go-to person when I need to know anything about crypto and blockchain. Ladies and gentlemen, Roberto Capodieci, welcome to the show. Hello, Matteo. Thank you for having me here. It's always a pleasure to have a chat with you, both on a show and offline. Uh, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> great, great. We won't, reveal, we won't unveil right now what was our like a preparatory call for this show because we talked about many, many different things. But to start with, Robbie, uh, why don't you... So you're in Bali right now. Why don't you like introduce yourself a little bit, uh, you know, from uh, like an early Bitcoin investor into full blockchain, uh, like uh, setting up your own blockchain infrastructure? Because uh, this is about uh, crypto crisis. Okay, that's the subject of the of the of this uh, episode. But uh, it goes deeper than uh, you know the market losing. Uh, Two trillion dollars out of the three trillion value that it had, you know, it seems like a fundamentals, you know, on everything concerning crypto and blockchain because it's not only you know Bitcoin and Ethereum that are down, but uh, you know every other um, uh, you know uh, crypto or or uh, or altcoin that was. Uh, actually representing a business behind, uh, you know, seem to have uh, crashed. But before, you know, first thing first, please, an intro uh, for yourself, Robbie. Sure. I, I am Italian because nobody's perfect. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I live in Bali already 18 years, Bali, Indonesia, before I spent time in the United States. Uh, I always been into IT on the technical side, managerial technical side. And uh, I'm a promoter of decentralization. Decentralization is an aspect of the information technology that uh, we are starting in this. In the information era, we were digitizing, we were communicating online, purchasing service online, and now we are decentralizing. And uh, and so this is the industry where I, I work, I consult, uh, and uh, I provide the services on. Obviously, part of this world includes uh, uh, blockchain uh, and uh, in a big chunk, and the blockchain brings to cryptocurrency, which is one of the use cases for the centralized platform. Uh, surely enough, uh, 
We know that there are many other use cases, non-financial, non-related to finance, like documentation flow, um, I don't know, real estate management, the titles and other things. The NFT and the art, uh, the digital art purchase and sales on blockchain has been uh, the first demonstration to the large public uh, of a use case that is not direct uh, remittance of coins. But yet uh, money talks, money counts, and wherever there is money involved, there is a lot of attention correctly. And that's why cryptocurrencies are the prima donna of this of this world. And they're causing a lot of troubles. And unfortunately, sometimes they damage the reputation of the, the whole ecosystem, which is, which is a pity because there is a lot of very amazing things that can be done and they're going to come in the next few years thanks to these technologies. First, a couple of anecdotes, which I know, but I would love you to like share it with uh, with uh, with the public or whatever part of the story you want to you want to share, like your own relationship with cryptocurrencies. You know, the, I know for sure that you are you can tell a lot of stories, including like losing uh, the something that we only like read in the newspaper. Say no, that cannot happen. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, people will be amazed to hear from a first hand that actually you can lose crypto because well, you lose a device, right? In fact, this is actually a, a story to learn a lot from because, yeah, as I was saying, I was into decentralization even before uh, Bitcoin came out when there was a BitTorrent as a protocol to distribute file online. And it was the interesting thing that cannot be taken down. So regulatory system had to change the paradigm from regulating the service where before can be found like a central server, somebody responsible for it, to regulating the user saying, is it legal for you to use the service for this means and not being able to stop. So I was into these things and this thing brought me in the early, early days of Bitcoin. I've been saying- Which year we are talking about? Our 2009, 10, uh, really, really the, the beginning, I think 2010, I've been sent a code that is a, a President to the code that has been published in the GitHub to run a node of Bitcoin. And with a simple dial up and a notebook, in a couple, three days, I made the six blocks. Six blocks means 300 Bitcoin. At the time, each block was giving 50 Bitcoin. And, you know, overall, I look at this thing, didn't make any sense. It wasn't doing what I needed to do. I bought myself a better notebook, so I formatted everything. And this 300 Bitcoin got lost uh, forever into the blockchain and they're there. Sometimes I cry if I think about it. I will be able to uh, enjoy them today. But uh, at the time, it made absolute sense to format everything because they had no value. That, I mean, there was not even uh, the possibility to exchange us for anything. So uh, many things that we underconsider, undervaluate today, probably tomorrow going to have a, a big value. So that's something to pay attention <laughs> So you and you got like a second wave, right? Into approaching the into approaching Bitcoin later. Yeah, I never purchased the Bitcoin on my own because I I'm never been into the finance, uh, the trading. I say I have a big power because as soon as I buy, the price goes down. As soon as I sell, the price goes up. <laughs> I can control. Yeah, I, I, the indeed, I usually call you when I say, I, I call you. Said, you know, what will you do? And then I do the opposite because exactly. you advise me. 
But uh, I had several clients that uh, paid me with uh, with cryptos in the past, and uh, I never needed to exchange. I left them there, and you know, it levitated with uh, with time. And so uh, I am one of the longest time holder in, in crypto because I thank God with my work things goes well, and I had the need to to exchange it. There was a, a moment where I had to take some in order to pay some expenses. Uh, large expenses. I did a $2 million investment uh, to create a new technology. Uh, there is a new uh, blockchain platform. But uh, beside those moments, uh, uh, everything always went well enough. So I I never fell for all these things which we're going to discuss today, uh, where a lot of people lost a huge amount of money and got hurt, got hurt very, very bad uh, in, in trusting algorithms or in trusting companies that seems to be serious then end up not to be so <laughs> so the 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 reason why you know or the angle or one of the angles i would like to discuss this uh, this crash is the fact that uh, you know i, I am uh, you know part of these categories of uh, you know a little bit technically aware and maybe business aware but not uh, technically deep enough to understand you know all the applications and I'm also more passionate about, uh, you know, the fact that uh, in order to make uh, finance fairer, you need it needs to be better distributed, faster, cheaper, and indeed the blockchain seems to be a technology that could deliver that. But most of the investor, you know, they just sort of plugged into the hype to a point that you could even think that. Uh, market was a little bit manipulated you know when it was this bull uh, race and it seems that uh, the two three four five percent of people owning the majority of these cryptocurrencies were actually manipulating so that more people could join and at the end of the day they were also the first to get out which is one of the reasons to explain the crisis could it be oh well um and, and again uh... I see things from uh, an angle that is on the other side, right? Uh, yet uh, uh, there are uh, a little bit of speculation about some hedge funds that actually went to do and create crisis and cashed out right before, so they should have known or they've been part of it. Uh, the fact that, that the blockchain, uh, in a certain way, gives a pseudonymity, meaning that uh, they're not registered accounts, allow a lot of people to create a situation without being immediately identified. But uh, there is also to consider that the market is small. While it's big in terms, financially, financially is also small compared to the money that move through the traditional finance, right? And those players that are there are not many and they are interconnected. So they it's easy that when one goes down, pull down the other with them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so you see it is a sort of domino effects uh, that maybe start by some um, crypto project and drugs down those centralized institutions that were playing with, uh, with the crypto themselves. I mean... I did a little bit of uh, uh, research, uh, which actually I published a Medium post right before uh, jumping in the call with you based on the research that I made to, to get ready for, for the call. But uh, um, just to make sure that what I knew was actually valid and I wasn't just uh, uh, repeating gossip or rumors. Uh, and, and in fact, there is a very interesting uh, aspect uh, of uh, how things are shaped in the crypto world uh, 
and how this affects things in the actual real world when uh, there are uh, companies that start offering services to bridge between crypto and uh, and fiat. So yeah, whenever if you want, I can go through a, a little bit. No, but no, but I think that you're making a transition to without knowing it to what I really wanted to talk about as well, which is uh, it, there are almost uh, like. Uh, two worlds here, you know, and they all crashed. So there is the world of pure crypto, okay? Uh, you know, the classic, you know, from Bitcoin to Ethereum uh, to Litecoin. And, and, and then there is this whole, like, uh, DeFi-related world, you know, from Aave to Uniswap uh, to Cardano to, you know, plenty of applications that seemed, seemed to have borne with a real purpose like unlike bitcoin that almost like uh, you know started with the crypto and then sort of kept struggling uh, finding the killing app that was for everyone a no-brainer kind of but in the DeFi world you know it it was you know the 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 you could uh, like uh, borrow money over 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 decentralized uh, uh, applications you could uh, uh, there were like uh, many uh, like uh, uh, payments applications you know using DeFi infrastructures and why is uh, everything uh, it seems like uh, everything is connected as you as you said right and uh, why is it crashed at the same time and so heavily is it because behind there is the same people or, or the same funds investing in it? I think uh, there is a lot of illiteracy on the technical aspect uh, for from people that can move a lot of money, uh, you know, trusting just the word of somebody rather than... It's a strange thing. There are, there are aspects that are uh, very impressive. Every time I struggle to do simple things with my bank, I, I keep telling them on the phone when I'm on the phone with them, you're promoting cryptocurrency. Every time you make it difficult for me, you are promoting cryptocurrency with all your clients because... Uh, Unfortunately, uh, financial institutions are, uh, let's say, blocked by regulators. So they need to follow regulation in a way that become ridiculous. And uh, and I can tell you some very funny experience I had, if you want. While uh, all the decentralized DeFi world uh, doesn't have uh, this uh, weight on their shoulder for now, but uh, it becomes like BitTorrent. Uh, the regulator need to regulate the, the, the users, not, not the system, because the system is decentralized, there is nobody to go to. So you will need to tell people, it's illegal for you to use the system, but you cannot tell the system you cannot operate, as simple as it is. So it's a big shift on the regulator side, and it's something that is not yet happened. Uh, I mean, not fully, right? They still try to go because there's they, something that you were managing. We were talking about Bitcoin compared to Ethereum, for example, before. The bigger value of Bitcoin, which has one simple function and is keep doing it uh, as, as a function, is the fact that there is no person behind. There is Satoshi Nakamoto, nobody knows who it is. And actually good that there is this uh, fantastic figure created because so people doesn't focus on the leader developers because they will be <laughs> the person to go to, in fact. While Ethereum has Vitalik as, uh, uh, you know, Charmy, uh, 
figure in front of it. So there is still somebody to go to, right? So the pure decentralized system needs nobody behind, but uh, the pride of a lot of people that create system is always to put their face and their name attached to what uh, to what they do, uh, making it pseudo-centralized in a certain way. But sure is enough that uh, in DeFi, as you were saying, people can make a loan uh, in three minutes without signing any form, without having to say their identity, leaving as collateral uh, some other crypto they have and buy and purchase. Maybe not the Lamborghini that everybody wants, but uh, maybe the family car. And uh, and as soon as the user interface for this thing is good enough that my mom can use it, uh, then it starts becoming a big problem for the financial institution, for the regulator as well, because uh, uh, there is no stop to accessing a set of service that we don't know if they are scammed or they are honest or when they're going to blow up or they are badly programmed, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I was looking at uh, the, the cases of uh, lately a lot of centralized, uh, they can be like uh, crypto lenders, exchanges, hedge funds, uh, uh, that uh, are going bankrupt, uh, are going legs up uh, like this. And, and you wonder what the mistake, what is the problem that they uh, met that uh, caused or the scam that they did, you know, like. Uh, uh, so I started reading the various stories one by one uh, and uh, and then looking at the different reasons why they went legs up. For example, the most honest of all, was actually um, receiving, people wanted to keep their crypto with them uh, rather than in a wallet normally. They were lending it out. They were offering a good interest rate, charging a higher interest rate to the people they lend it to, people that were supposed to be trusted, but they end up lending more than 50% to a single hedge funds that went bankrupt and they yeah. became insolvent and they drag everybody with them. But I think between all, they were the most honest in terms of trying to do the business it was because others go over the line with Ponzi schemes in terms of, uh, uh, you know, just using the new investor money to pay the previous investors and uh, and going in uh, in the directions. Uh, then there are, there is, there is another side that there is, uh, uh, DeFi. So these are centralized companies. They should make money. Doesn't matter the value of the crypto because they broker. So they are in the middle and they earn a percentage of an interest. Or, but uh, in DeFi project, there are other aspects that are uh, interesting. And first of all, there is to say that uh, real Ponzi schemes uh, can be coded into a smart contract, uh, given a different dress, uh, called in a different way, but uh, end up being. Uh, what they are, and and it's strange that there are so many with clear people behind that there are there, um, mostly in stable coins. Stable coins, for those that don't know what it is, uh, are the representation of uh, a fiat currency, say US dollar or euro, into a crypto token. So one crypto token equal one US dollar, and the value for this uh, uh, stable uh, uh, cryptocurrency is. Uh, uh, usually it should be the deposit. So somebody decentralized receive a million dollar issue, one million crypto token, and uh, you can audit the deposit that they have, and this should be. So if if so if that if that was done properly, there is no reason why this type of stable coin would lose value, right? In theory. Right, the, the central bank digital currency it should work like this, right? Is the central <laughs> bank's guaranteeing that the crypto in circulation is actually real, let's say, rather than paper. But uh, uh, 
the auditing is not done by, it's not that I can show up and ask them to do USDT to show me their bank account or, you know, we need to trust the people that, uh, but let's say it's done. Then there is another set that are called algorithmic. Uh, and so they work uh, just in the crypto world, the balancing. So they have a stable coin and then they have another uh, token. They absorb the volatility. So in order to keep the stable locked to a value, they start minting or burning uh, the other one in order to keep the value always there. Obviously, they needed to have uh, collateral, so deposit made in order to cover, uh, deposit made in other cryptocurrencies, which can also change uh, value. Uh, the problem that happened, the biggest problem that happened that they brought down a lot is one of these algorithmic uh, uh, stablecoin, which was called... Uh, uh, USD, UST, which is the Terra Luna, the Terraform company. Yeah. Practically, the yeah. problem of the algorithm that was written is that the algorithm didn't check the value of the stablecoin. He automatically assumed it was always one dollar. He didn't yeah. take in consideration the fact that people can dump it uh, to run away from it, and in this way he was keep issuing. The, the, the token that was supposed to absorb the volatile printing and minting so many that brought the value to zero. But these people born a $60 billion in a, in a week uh, of investor money. Yeah. If you think the By the way, there, is a, there, are, there, are, there are a few, like uh, one of the things that uh, is uh, scary is that, you know, the, the, the owner of Terra Luna, you know, they, there is this, uh, it's not really a meme, but it's actually a true story. They said, you know, other other like uh, investors or, or entrepreneurs uh, who burn that type of money, they are in jail. And what the guys did is building Luna too, you know. And then, <laughs> if you read my Medium post, is actually mentioning exactly this thing because the 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 incredible thing is that uh, uh, this thing goes unpunished uh, completely. Like uh, there are some other hedge funders trying to change their version, saying yes, the money lost it wasn't the client money. The ones that they give it to us become ours, and we do, and we lost our own money. They, they just, you know, they try to turn around things because there is not yet a clear uh, definition in the regulatory framework for what is a cryptocurrency, a crypto asset, a token, a non fungible token is very. The not 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 very precise and uh, we will go we will go Robbie into the into the NFTs in uh, in a second, but before. Let's, uh, you know, uh, let's take a little crystal ball and talk about uh, whether or not, uh, you know, how DeFi will, uh, like, reborn again, you know, from its ashes. Actually, we are in a, like, a mini, another bull race, because since a couple of weeks, like, you know, we can, we can have, uh, there was a little correction, you know, the... Uh, so people, I, I don't know if it's that systematic because, uh, you know, technically speaking, uh, the people who still have some cash, you know, they bought it super low. So it's this, uh, semi growth again is artificial or not, but that's not the point because it's like, uh, you know, literally playing lottery. I am more interested in this uh, fundamental question on, uh, you know, what are the new fundamentals of DeFi after the crisis, in opinion? And I know this is a topic that is particularly close to your art because you're a firm believer, actually, in decentralized everything. Yeah, I think it's uh, inevitable that uh, 
when opportunity creates a lot of people take advantage of the the space and create uh, inflate i mean honestly i wouldn't mind to even create a trouble if i go back home with a few billion dollars uh, you know to spend for the rest of my life the, the truth is that uh, uh, those speculative uh, scam or no scam or troubles that happen are just uh, uh, taking advantage of the winds of the hype that comes with it. The technology, if you look on the technology side, is still in its infancy. It's still experimental and uh, it's not meant to be taken uh, deeply serious for production, okay? And yet uh, all these things are happening. So uh, I would think that uh, sometimes it's also good that there is, it's like, you know, after uh, a period of uh, dry season, it comes this big rain that wash out all the trash and leaves uh, a very clean uh, space for, uh, you know, people to start living again uh, well. So. I think we've, we've been through a big flooding of, uh, of uh, dramas that cleans up uh, and uh, bring a little bit more attention to what is uh, valid. People, they say crypto are going to die as a, com- you know, as a thing sold together. I think they're wrong because uh, there is no way out. We're into this road and this road is going to keep going for sure. Uh, people pay much more attention to where they put their money now, I hope. I mean, I have close friends that lost a small fortune. I mean, like uh, things that would have changed their life in the future just because they blindly trust that it's Terra Luna, they put uh, all the money there. Think this, Terra Luna promised 20% return of investment per year, okay? So when something doesn't create an income because you offer a service, uh, say, was attached to something that you purchase because it's like an insurance or something like this there as a revenue, then maybe you can pay out. Either you make the interest calculated by the market. So say, if there is such, I can pay such. It's, it's just variation based on what there is between and out. Everybody deposit, nobody loan. Sorry, the interest is zero. You yeah. know, a lot of request alone, little deposit, the interest is very high. And you can set it up like this. But if you try to promise a fixed return, is is you need to this money they're not gonna be generated from nothing you know or you keep you can try to generate them for a while but at a certain point so that's a Ponzi scheme for real, and uh, after Luna actually a few days the, before Luna crashed, uh, uh, the guy that created Tron blockchain uh, came out with the USDD, and. Uh, offering 40% per year of return. So, really? you know, like, and the, the crazy thing is that people believe this thing and they say, oh my God, I mean, like, uh, why should I give my money in the bank uh, where uh, they give me nothing? They take out the money, they exchange in crypto and say, well, coin, they put it inside these protocols. And obviously it's a bonus scheme because where do you find the 40% to give back to people? Where, where do you find it? You cannot print uh, another token and sell it. How long it can go ahead for? So people should do this small reasoning before, you know, putting all their life savings into something because it's funny enough also, the stable coin are a safe haven for people that want to run away from the volatility of the other cryptos, right? It is such a paradox, right? right? And and they end up in the place where they are losing everything. So uh, there is a little bit of illiteracy on the technologies behind on how things work on the risks that there are because people think bank, I go to the bank, I leave the money with me. Sometime a bank goes like zap, I lose something, but the government protect me. In the crypto world, it's not like this. Is is much different. Yeah, which 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 makes me think that uh, you know it, it's inevitable that uh, until uh, 
the regulators, uh, you know, uh, do not step in and 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 put some, uh, you know, boundaries in the way you build this type of uh, infrastructure. It seems that it's going to be volatile forever, right? No, 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 no. The regulator needs to change completely the approach that they have. And this is important. Actually, if some regulator is listening, I'm happy to give a full one-hour discussion uh, on this. You cannot regulate how these things are built because it can be built anonymously and promoted. But you can say, give like a sort of stamp of approval or something. So if there is, let's say, a stable coin, Regulator takes the initiative to take some people that understand code, understand finance, they analyze the full thing, they see if there is no way for somebody to manipulate or control, et cetera, et cetera. And they can tell people, hey, are you crazy enough to go in crypto with your money? Well, <laughs> but use this, we guarantee there is nobody can, you know, steal your money or is not manipulated, et cetera, et cetera. At least in this way, you know, they can give a sort of protection to the consumer. Uh, they can always say it's always risky, you can lose your money, but at least we double check the code of these smart contracts, uh, or we check the technology behind this particular blockchain with this particular token, and we understand that this is safe in these terms, the risk are this and this. Then they can do this because it's a decentralized. If it's a decentralized, they cannot regulate how people build it. Because there is nobody to go to. But do you think do you think a technical check is enough to prevent scams? Well, it's already a beginning. Because I mean, I can I don't want to bore people with technicality, but a lot of these things, if you just look at the technical aspect of it, is really evident, clear. There are some decentralized uh, DAO where uh, all the governance should be made with votes of the people that is having the things. Another one by Justin Sun, the same guy of Tron, the same guy of the USDD, there is a platform, there is a DAO called Just Land. And the proposal are approved automatically if they have 6 million votes or more. And he has a wallet that has 6 million and one votes. So yeah. when there are proposals, you see 137 people vote against and 6 million and one or 6 million and two vote pro, you know. And this is not decentralized. It's practically in choosing by himself what he wants to do with the thing. So a small, a small verification of this sort that a person like me or anybody else can do, a regulator can say, hey, pay attention because this is not, or even can go to the person and say, hey, uh, you cannot promote it as a decentralized until you don't get rid of the votes, <laughs> you know, or, uh, but uh, it's harder to regulate the centralized uh, system. It's impossible. So it's a matter of reputation and approval. My mom, they take the loan from the DeFi contract, smart contract, has no means to verify the Solidity code. Not only my mom, even my sister has no, no knowledge of how to read the Solidity smart contract. Honestly, not even a normal user, they even know Solidity can go start reading all the contract before using something, right? So people go by trust. On the same, on, on the same uh, sort of, uh, uh, I, I want to say, on the same underlying issue, but a different type of crisis, in my opinion, are the NFTs. You know, the NFT market crashed probably more, but I think that that was a different type of hype. You know, the, the, it was literally a fashion for a while. I think ICO, you know, everyone is saying that uh, NFTs are, uh, you know, the, 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 
the ICO, these guys, you know, that worked for a little <laughs> while. Everyone, everyone raced through this. A uh, lot of people lost money. And, and you know, th- that's also something that, uh, you know, is about illiteracy, is about fashion, is about uh, if a Snapdog is buying uh, an NFT, I want to buy two. And if Justin Bieber is buying a board ape, then I want to have it one too, something like this. And it's a lot of flipping while the hype is high, but uh, you know the, the loss has been uh, you know awful. Well, I tell you something. First of all, as uh, art always did, that is a service to the finance planet. Uh, uh, NFT even more does to the crypto finance, uh, which is money laundering. So. Say I have a million dollar of uh, unclaimable and stolen, uh, I don't know, Bitcoin or something. I just take my uh, iPad, I make a small drawing, I make an NFT that is for sale at a million dollars. Okay. I buy it uh, from myself, <laughs> okay, with a stolen uh, million dollar. And only I got the clean uh, wash million dollar uh, in crypto in my hand. Uh, uh, but I also have uh, an NFT that is worth $1 million, which if I sell for half a million, somebody is going to make an amazing deal of their life. Yeah. So I increase my money and I clean and wash my dirty crypto. So uh, this is unfortunately behind a lot of the very high level uh, purchases of uh, NFTs. Okay, uh, There are pathways uh, that people use uh, through the centralized uh, like land for metaverse rather than uh, fake yacht, uh, you know, virtual other things that are being used. Uh, you know, they make a lot of news because people wonder why in the world somebody will spend half a million dollars for a few pixels. Uh, yeah. uh, that's the, the explanation. And then there is for sure people that are uh, become super wealthy with crypto, say they didn't sweat for the money that they have uh, and they keep spending them and they think uh, it's funny to purchase a monkey for uh, $300,000. Then... Uh, uh, good to them. I don't think anybody ever made it as an investment because they think they're going to resell it for more later because that would be really silly to think. In my opinion, you know, like uh, uh, maybe in the short, short term, yes, uh, but in the long term, no. As you say, is, then is, is there is there uh, a, now like a, a technical question for you to answer in uh, like a, a Christian understandable uh, words. Is there an NFT like a, a technical app like in notarization uh, uh, of transaction or in notarization of lands that uh, it, it is just something that you could do with blockchain before and now people say that they do it with NFTs but it's actually the same tech? Absolutely. In 2014, uh, and then in NXT, next platform, uh, we were using, uh, you know, blockchain objects that are what you call now NFT. In 2019, uh, I sold nodes of the new blockchain inside an NFT, you know, because people can uh, declare uh, some information and save them. so the NFT is just a piece of text in the blockchain with some rules attached to it, no more, no less. So obviously, you can use it as a warranty card of a product that you have sold. I did a lot of consultancy for clients using NFT for industrial reason and for many other things that are not just the speculative JPEG. There are also a lot of products that now you buy and they give you the 
NFT as a, a digital twin of the product, which can be used eventually in the metaverse. Say I buy a nice pair of sunglasses, and together with that, if I give my crypto address, they give me the sunglasses to be used for my avatar in the metaverse. And that can be done with NFT. Uh, which I can also resell later to somebody else because the beautiful thing the blockchain brought in our life is the singularity in the digital world, right? So yeah. is uh, before I can make a copy of P3 and nobody knows which is the original because there are copies. Now I cannot make a copy of my Bitcoin and give it to you because that will make uh, the value of Bitcoin goes to zero. So this is the biggest uh, technological advancement that we have with the blockchain that allowed NFT to exist, allowed the cryptocurrency to exist, titles and many other things, right? But Robbie, how do you explain the fact that, uh, you know, everyone is, uh, you know, is talking about the metaverse and the investment that big banks are making on it and, uh, you know, the, the, and some would say that, uh, or would argue that cryptocurrencies are the preferred like uh, uh, means of exchange in a metaverse because by definition they're digital currencies and stuff like that. And at the same time, there is this, it is almost like the, the wave of crypto hype goes down and then is rebranding to the metaverse <laughs> to give it, it's like a NFTs, uh, rebranded the blockchain kind of uh, and then he gave it a new hype it looks like metaverse is rebranded now crypto okay well you are not you're saying something correct in a certain way but uh, if you look uh, more on a bird eyes view uh, those are all small elements that are part of uh, how the future of uh, uh, information you know, era is going to look like, right? You need all these elements to make something. For example, the word metaverse that everybody uses, the metaverse does not exist today, okay, yet. There are a lot of virtual worlds, but they're not interconnected. So, you know, what HTML made to the web, eh? so you will, you click on a link, you go to another server that has more detail related. Eh? The metaverse should be for virtual worlds. From a virtual world, you enter a door and you go in another server. The difference is that in the web, you are passively looking at a website. In the metaverse, your persona is in, so you need to have the continuity of your persona. So if you're yeah. blonde inside the virtual world, sorry for the example, <laughs> if you're blonde, you're going to be blonde inside the other virtual world, okay? Meaning that this can be achieved only with a platform underneath where each virtual world goes get your data, your information, so the set of NFT that makes you as a persona, if you want to say with simple terms, and a way to identify that that's you, which is a, a cryptographic digital signature that you can only can generate. So uh, if I have $10 and I spend three in a metaverse, I still have only seven where other metaverse I go. Today, I log in with a different username and password in different server, and probably I can import my avatar from uh, Ready Player Me, you know, that yeah. gives an But that's different from having a metaverse. Facebook attempt in trying to take over this new development of the world. Rather than many uh, places like the Central and the sell a piece of land to a fortune of money, there is like when with website people were selling one million dollar, no, one million lira for web page uh, for website, which means nothing because a web page can have just a piece of text or can be super complex technological, uh, you of know, course. calculations. Uh, so there is literacy there too. 
and there is a lot of uh, road to make to get to the metaverse. But that's something I'm highly interested in. And surely blockchain or you know the centralized platform are a key for for it. And cryptocurrency as a means of payment as well. Yes, Robbie, I think that we can uh, we can safely wrap up. I I really I really enjoy the fact that uh, uh, you know you from your both a super technical point of view, but as well the capacity to explain it in 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 simple world. And uh, maybe the fact that we are both Italian, sometimes it seems that, you know, the, the language that comes out from our mouth is English, but it's almost like if we were talking Italian, the two, the two of us, which is, <laughs> which is great. And I hope this will convey also to our, to our auditors that uh, certainly enjoyed this, uh, this conversation. If the audience is feeling the desire to go eat uh, some pizza pasta, then it works. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, you guys can go on, uh, uh, is that com, Robbie, your website? Yes. And if they're interested in the topic of today, if they go to capodici.medium.com, there is uh, an article exactly that goes a little bit more deeply on the topics uh, we discussed today. Perfect. So nobody, nobody can accuse us that we didn't go like a deep enough in our conversation that was simply a cool radio chill uh, chat uh, that goes into your super deep content uh, on on medium that's perfect that is a, a perfect excuse to all the accusers that we say that was just uh, a skinny chat between two italians thank you i enjoyed a lot Right. Thank you for having me. Until next time. And uh, guys, that was Breaking Bad Europe's everything on crypto, the crash, and a glimpse on the future. Thank you very much. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.